Welcome to SECC. We pray that you are blessed today as you listen. The reading is taken from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 25 to the end. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about life, what you will eat and what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? O ye of little faith, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you, Beth, as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. God bless the reading of his word. Um, going to say a few, a few comments on the verses that Daphne read to us um, a couple of minutes ago from Matthew chapter 6. If you've got a Bible, you may want to turn to that. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 to 34. So the verses that uh, Daphne read out to us that Bess had chosen are all about worry. So I wonder if you're a worrier. I won't ask you to put your hand up, but are you a worrier? Um, I imagine most people would probably say, well, yeah, kind of. Um, some people worry so much, they worry when there's nothing to worry about. Um, I don't know if you're at that level. That's a whole new level of worry. But there's lots of things to be concerned about in life. At the moment, we're all slightly worried about the economy, what will happen to it going forward, Brexit and COVID. Uh, we've got the added worry of Russian ships that keep firing at ours. Uh, we've got the worry of COVID that we've had for the last 14 months. Some of us are increasingly worried that we may not actually get a holiday. Um, maybe you're concerned about exam results and the next stage of your life. Worry can be a real worry in your life, can't it? And if you're not careful, worry can completely destroy everything that you've built across your life. So it's quite serious that Jesus should speak about it in Matthew chapter 6. I read this quote this week. Somebody said this, Why worry when you can trust? Worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but doesn't get you anywhere. Bess shared in her testimony about the worries and the struggles that she's had across her life. 
and how God has always been there. And it's a, a kind of a hindsight thing. As she's looked back, she's realized that she needn't had to have worried and struggled, that God was with her the whole time. And she's learned that lesson, I guess, of trusting in God. So Matthew chapter 6, if you want to grab it and open it now, um, is a popular passage that Daphne read. Popular amongst Christians, and you can see why. Jesus speaks directly into this subject of worry. Worry often cripples us as human beings. And I find it amazing that his wording is very direct and very simple. Do not worry. And that would have no effect if it was me saying it to you or some other person. But when the Son of God addresses his creation with the words, do not worry, that in itself ought to be enough for us. But we say, I can't help it. I found a, a quote, a statistic this week of uh, the percentage, the, an, an average person's anxiety where it's focused in life. 40% of our worry is on things that will never happen. 30% of our worry is about things of the past that cannot be changed. 12% of things we worry about are about criticism by others, which are mostly untrue. 10% of what we worry about is our health and when things might get worse. And 8% of our worry are real problems that we face. Hardly any, if you think about it. But worry can be dangerous. Worry can destroy the present, um, even if there's nothing to worry about. I read this story. Several years ago, a woman had been having trouble getting to sleep at night because she feared burglars entering her home. One night, her husband heard a loud noise downstairs, and so he went to investigate. And when he got there, sure enough, he saw a burglar. He said to them, Good evening, at last. Please, can you come with me and meet my wife? She has been waiting 10 years to see you. And so this passage uh, that Daphne read to us tells us, firstly, where worry comes from, and secondly, how to defeat it in our own lives. So where does worry come from? Well, number one, worry comes from choices. Most of what we worry about comes because we make the wrong choice, a negative choice. And in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 to 24, the bit directly before this, Jesus gives three situations where if you make the wrong choice, you will end up worrying and having that negative emotion surround you. Verses 19 to 21 of chapter 6, he says, Do not store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, oh, sorry, that's wrong, uh, on earth, where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Jesus is challenging people that if we make the wrong choice and invest in the wrong thing, the things of the world, temporary things, stuff, that in his words might rust or be eaten by vermin or stolen by thieves, we will end up worrying. We will end up stressing How many people plow in hours and hours and hours into temporary things, knowing they will never last, but thinking that if they just work hard enough, those things will stick around a bit longer. The Bible calls us clearly to invest in the eternal, not the temporary. Yet so often we get caught into the trap of thinking this is mine and I must keep it at a certain level. But everything we own is fragile. Our money, our reputations, our homes, our cars... Everything, even our bodies, are fragile. Everything is temporary. And it becomes a burden to us looking and protecting those things when Jesus says, invest in the treasures of heaven, not the treasures of earth. And that's where your heart will be, 
When you invest in the wrong thing, your very soul will be knitted to it. And then you will be burdened by the worry of protecting this thing you've got, which you don't actually have. I watched a documentary a few weeks ago uh, on the Titanic. Um, and it was an old documentary, so all the people who were on it would have passed away. And there was an older lady, quite well off, and she was on the Titanic. And she said as she was told to put a life jacket on, that the ship was probably sinking. She went back into her room, put all of her jewels into her safe, and locked it. And she laughed, because of course that safe is at the bottom of the Atlantic. But how often do we end up being owned by our stuff? And actually, it's the other way around, isn't it? They acquire us, not the other way around. So Jesus says, if you invest in the wrong thing, that will lead to worry. Verses 22 to 23 talks of doing wrong, doing sin, being morally corrupt. Um, The Bible makes it very clear that when we choose to disobey God and commit sins and turn from the way that God has called us to be, that will lead to worry and concern. You might refer to skeletons in the closet. How many people have got things they've done that they wish they hadn't? Or if you really knew what went through my mind, you'd hate me. Or if you saw what I did when no one was looking, you'd despise me. How many people think like that? And that's a worry. It's a burden. When we're called to be holy, when we choose to sin, we can be sure to worry as well. And then verse 24, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. The third thing that leads to worry is when we serve anything other than God himself. When we serve the wrong thing and make it our master, or it becomes our master, then we can no longer serve God, and there is freedom in serving God. So worry comes from making the wrong choices, to sin, to serve, and, um, and to invest in the wrong thing. And so in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 to 24, Jesus offers us a way of not worrying. And again, the way to not worry is to make the right choices. And just four things. The first thing we want to do if we need to stop worrying is to look. To look around at the creation of God, the world that he has made. 25 to 26 says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. If you want to not worry about the future, you need to look around at the world that God makes and sustains every moment of every day and say, if he looks after the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, how much more will he look after and protect and provide for me? We are invited to look at what God has made and judge his character by his creation. The second thing, uh, the second choice to make is to not just to look, but to know. Verse 6 goes on to say, says, uh, are you not worth more, are you not much more valuable than they? Not only are we supposed to look at creation and think, well, the birds don't stress about work and the fish couldn't care less whether Monday morning is tomorrow or in three days' time. They don't stress about anything. And if God provides for them, We're then not just to look at that. We're to know that we're more important and more valuable than those animals that God has made that are less significant in creation than the human being. God loves us and we're of infinite value to him. And then verse 32, the third choice we're to make is to trust him. Having seen that God, verse 32 says, says, do not worry about what I shall uh, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? And in verse 32, for the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. We're to see all that God does 
know our value to him, and then trust that that God that made us and loves us will provide for us and help us in our times of worry. And then the fourth thing is the word seek. But seek first his kingdom and righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. We're to see what God does, know who he is, know our value, trust in his character, and then actively seek him above everything else. How many people stress out and focus on their worries to such an extent that God never gets a look in? It's to be reversed. We focus on God first, our worries and our troubles second. So today, Bess has chosen to publicly declare her faith in Jesus Christ, to be baptized and to move forward, to follow him in obedience and integrity. And that decision is one where she has put God at the center of her life. And we know that he will lead her, and that decision will mean she will have better priorities. She will have a more real firm hope in the eternal things of God, not the temporary things of this world. The choices she has made leading up to this morning are ones that will hold her firm the rest of her life. And they will begin to diminish worry and fear and anxiety as God's Holy Spirit works in her more and more powerfully. So today, every single one of us in this room and at home faces a choice to know God more, to know his love the way you are created to, to experience his forgiveness and salvation, and then allow him to lift our burdens off our shoulders like that sack of potatoes and have our sin dealt with. All the burdens we face, all the noise that we hear, all the voices that try and tell us about everything that's bad and gets us to go a certain way, all of that can be lifted off your shoulders if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. Only his voice is sweet. Only his voice is life. Only his voice is powerful. There are so many others. So much causes us to worry and stress. But look at what he does in nature. Know that he loves you and made you. Trust in him, no one else. And seek him before you seek anything else. And your worries will lift too. Shall we pray before we have our final song? Lord, I just want to pray for everyone in this room and those watching at home. Father, I thank you that, Lord, we can trust you with all of our worries, all of our anxieties. Lord, we can cast our burdens onto you, for you care for us, as the verse says. We thank you, Lord, that we could put all of it on your shoulders. Jesus stretched out his arms on the cross. Lord, he took the sin of the world, and in that sin, Lord, was our concern, our guilt, and our worries. He carried it all, Lord, to the place of the skull. He died, destroying its power. And Lord, when we decide to follow him and nothing else, our anxiety and worry and fear will be lifted from us, and we will know everlasting life. And so we lift everything we've said to you this morning. And may it be for the building up of your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we just end with a short prayer? Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this morning. Thank you, Lord, for being together, Lord. And we thank you that we represent not just church in this country, Lord, but um, from Hong Kong as well, Father, and Bristol. Um, but Lord, we thank you for that oneness that we have in Christ. One baptism, one Lord. Lord, we are one in Christ, and we thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, for the joy of this morning. Lord, we end again just praying for Bess one last time. Well, one last time here anyway. We pray, Lord, for your blessing upon her. As she leaves this place, the Lord, she'll be more aware of your presence than ever before. That there'll be a renewed desire, Lord, to serve you, Lord, every day, in every way. That you would speak to her. That she would recognize your voice. That she would hear, Lord, what you're leading in her life. That you would reveal to her your will for the future. Reveal to her her gifts, Lord, spiritual and other ones. 
We pray you use her for your glory. Pray, Lord, for her children, Lord. Pray your blessing on them. And pray for her husband as well and the family, Lord, and friends. Thank you, Lord, for everybody represented here. And we ask for your blessing as we go from this place now, that you'd be with every single one of us. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.